Bring the beat down a little bit, then bring me in. Let's go. Alright, alright. You can turn me up a little bit more in the headphones. MTA. Yeah. I got him like, he ain't leave college for this. One, two. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to a new episode of Foresight. This is Arden talking to you, coming to you live from the crib on April 22nd, 2018. And guess what? This is a first because not only are you hearing this on April 22nd, 2018, I've recorded it on the same day. Usually, you know, we wait a few days here and there to, re- to release the next episode. But considering the fact that it's been 10 days since episode 37 came out, uh, you know what, we just felt like it was time to record, man And and this month was a busy one for Wills and myself um, And speaking of Wills, even though it's a week later Please guys, I want you guys to wish my brother a happy birthday You know what I mean? It may be a week later, but still, it's still relevant enough to where If you can see Wills in the street, or if you see him on social media Please give him a happy birthday I know he enjoyed it, I know the follow-up has been pretty solid so once again happy birthday to my bro um of course follow us on instagram at four side pod once again for the number four side pod four side pod give us an honest review of the show on itunes and soundcloud again your support is greatly appreciated you guys have helped us build something really special over here and it's been very rewarding building this platform and, and building what we're trying to do with it because it's definitely been rewarding like I said before and it's always something new and it's, and it's a lot of fun and that's key you know what I mean when you're somebody that's a creator or something or somebody that's into challenges you know that it can get boring after a while perhaps or the threat of it becoming boring exists right the threat of it becoming boring exists it gets stale you can lose motivation but with Foresight, we haven't had anything become really a boring process. It's been a lot of fun. It's been new along the way. But yeah, that's just that. Um, I'm also let you know this right now. If you're watching this and you see my eyes wander like this, it's because on my TV is the Cavaliers-Pacers playoff game, game four. Um, if you've been following me on Twitter, you know I'm a big Cavaliers fan. So obviously this game means a lot to me, despite the disappointment my Cavaliers gave me on Friday. But that's just that. We need to talk because, oh, man, even though it's been 10 days since we last spoke, a lot of things be happening in 10 days, man. I mean, for one, the last episode we talked about, we were talking about Cardi B a lot. Still salute to Cardi B for not only releasing a super dope project and invasion of privacy, but it basically has done some very historical things with the project. You know, you think about streaming and streaming is everything this day and age. She has basically broke a lot of streaming records. She has basically joined a lot of the giants and, you know, female music or in female hip hop, whatever the case may be with Invasion of Privacy. Um, she's done things that Nicki Minaj has done or Lauren Hill in regards to the sales or whatever type of metric that was used out there. And it's well-deserved. And, of course, she also finally announced the fact that she is indeed pregnant. You know, so, again, congrats to Cardi B and Offset for all of this wonderful success. Um, Drake dethroned Drake, which was crazy. Again, let me say it again in case you don't understand. Like, Drake 
dethrone Drake. You know, Drake had the number one record in the country for what was it, over 11 weeks with God's plan, and he messed around and dethroned himself with Nice for What? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And then, oh, by the way, he shuts the internet down by announcing that his album, Scorpion, comes out in June. But the first thing I really want to talk about, because I'll touch on those things later, especially Drake and Kanye and anything else that comes to mind, is I really want to talk about J. Cole. Jermaine. Cole. Cole World. Uh, salute to Supreme Dream. His videos are hilarious when he does that. Um, J. Cole has released a new album. In case you didn't know, in case you was living under a rock or out of space, called KOD. Um, this past week was incredible in terms of the anticipation because the anticipation, I think, started maybe, what was it? Monday or Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday, the anticipation started because J. Cole, out of nowhere, just tweets like a flyer. And it's like, hey, New York City, come through. No phones, no guest list, no media list, no bags, whatever. And it ended up being like a surprise show in New York City at the Gramercy Theater, like on 23rd Street. And it was crazy when I found out, because a lot of you guys know, you know, Wills and I were from New York. We're just slightly outside of New York City, so we were in the city quite a bit. And I remember I was at work. I work at this private school in the Bronx. And I remember it's after practice. Our practice has just ended. I'm near a major subway line that could take me into Manhattan, okay? Uh, again, I'm in the Bronx. I'm literally a 10 to 15 minute walk, an easy walk, side note, to this train station if I needed to to make it to the J. Cole show. But J. Cole tweets this at 4.15. I discover it at 5.35, so I already knew, like, man, I can't make it. It's, there's no, there's no way I'm going to make this show. Right, the the line's going to be out of this world. Plus, I don't feel comfortable giving away my phone. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not doing all of that. But just to get back to Cole, Cole does this show. Cole then does a su surprise show in in London, and things start coming together in terms of what can KOD mean. And KOD apparently has like three meanings. Um, excuse me if I don't remember all three. I apologize. One, I believe, is kids on drugs. Two is kill our demons. And I think three, so I think, what was the third one? I know it's kids on drugs, kill our demons. And damn, I forgot the third, but I know the third was, was relatable to the other two. So of course people get to talking, you know, what does this mean for Cole? Is Cole taking on this generation of rappers who do a lot of glorifying and talking about pill popping and drinking and all that stuff? Is he going at just, the culture itself in terms of, again, all of this drug usage and all of that, right? Because in hip-hop, so many people talk about the fact that, oh, man, so many people glorify selling drugs. Well, now the script has changed because now it's a matter of people glorifying taking drugs. We, we hear so many times people be like, you know, uh, about the bird getting belly, hey, then again, getting nutty, hey, all of that stuff, right? I mean, one of Future's biggest songs in recent years, Mask Off, it's freaking Percocet. Molly Percocet and it's crazy seeing kids and I work with kids kids are out here singing that and it's like yo that's crazy big man but uh this album just had a lot of people wondering what it was going to be what direction it was going in and I wrote an article about it and, and you know if you want to see this article not only can you find the article on the Foresight Instagram page because it's a post and you know what I mean I provided the link along with what it's about but in that article, I did mention how 
simply put, Cole had a lot to prove with this album. And Cole had a lot to prove in this album because even though, yes, when, when you think about accolades, when you think about longevity or whatever the case may be, yes, Cole is up there with Drake. He's up there with Kendrick. He's even up there with Kanye in terms of those artists over like the last decade. But at the same time, those guys are also in a different space. So it's kind of like Cole's near them. He's in their company, but it's different, right? And I remember seeing a couple tweets recently in which somebody was like, yo, Cole is as big as that Canadian, that's Kendrick, yada, yada, yada. And some people was like, oh, facts, facts, facts. No, it's not facts. Again, Cole is a very big artist. He's important. Don't get me wrong. But again, unless you don't pay attention to billboard sales, unless you don't pay attention to trending topics and how the conversation really is with for Drake and Kendrick, Cole is not there. He's simply not there because of what they've done and partly because of what he's done. The conversation about Cole has been different in recent years because for one, Cole has been an artist that a lot of people just for whatever reason, a lot of people don't like. A lot of people find it fun to hate on him. A lot of people find it fun to criticize him. Two, you think about really his last two projects, right? You think about 2014 Forest Hill Drive and then For Your Eyes Only. For while those projects did receive a positive reception, there was also a lot of backlash to those projects. You know what I mean? A lot of people weren't necessarily feeling those projects. A lot of people haven't been, haven't been feeling the fact that Cole doesn't have any features on his projects you know what i mean like you basically got to go back to born center in 2013 when cole had features you know born center had this name off the top of my head born center had kendrick lamar born center had 50 cent born center had tlc born center had uh, uh i'm trying to think damn there's another artist who might have had miguel if the miguel record was on their power trip or if that was miguel's song i apologize but either way you get the point it's been a while since cole has had features and Cole was getting used to just having like this type of sound that people's getting used to. So I really thought that it was key for Cole with KOD to remind people like, look, he could be a very versatile artist. He could be a very impactful artist. And you know what? You can't put him in a box. And let me say, man, with KOD, Jermaine Cole showed us why he is a hip hop great. Why he's going to be considered one of the goats and why he is as revered as he is because the versatility was there. On KOD, when you think about certain songs such as self-titled KOD, ATM, um, Brackets, Window Pain, 1985, I could go on and on. Cole is rapping with an energy that I haven't heard from him in quite some time. Cole is rapping like a dude who remembers who the hell he is and what he can do. If you dig what I'm saying. Like, Cole knows, like, yo, I have a skill set and I have a body of work that can go toe-to-toe with any of these guys who people look at as the guy. Like, I know that. Like, I know that I'm a bad mofo. And he raps with that sense of urgency and his flows. The fact that he was able to take the flows and the production from what we know of today's generation with the trap drums, with the upspeed tempos, with, you know, the enunciation of certain words and ending certain lines a certain way with the, hey, yeah, give me things like that, you know, like choppy flows, triplet flows, whatever that we might have heard from like Amigos, a little Uzvert or whoever. 
Cole took that easily and easily put it in with what we know from him lyrically and as a songwriter, and it came out perfectly. Like, off top, again, my favorite songs have been, like, ATM. Like, I haven't stopped playing ATM. Like, I haven't. ATM, I love that record. Photograph has easily crept into my top two in terms of the fact that, forget just the songwriting and the lyricism of Cole, Cole's storytelling and concept pitching has been dope. To, when you listen to Photograph, you, you, you understand the fact that, like, yo, this dude has accurately described what my generation has has been going through with loving and being so infatuated with somebody through a picture through a phone you know what I'm saying like that's crazy or you hear these other songs again like a windows pain or a once an addict the interlude just you hear his storyteller in regards to what's been going on in in his streets in his personal life with his family and friends and it makes for just very very good content and i'll say this even though some people could look at it like oh man you're overreacting oh man you're, you're pushing it i don't give a damn kod is j cole's best project in a very long time it blows out for your eyes only it blows out 2014 Force Hill Drives, and it definitely blows out Born Center. So I'll say it's definitely Cole's best album ever to date. KOD is J. Cole's best album to date, and it could easily be a top three J. Cole project ever with Friday Night Lights, with the warm up, or whatever third project you want to slide in there. Cole really came through at this time of his career with the right kind of project. And he did things that was different than before, but he did it in a way to where it doesn't alienate his real fan base. You dig what I'm saying? So when you think about songs, like I said before, like an ATM or a KOD, whatever, Cole with those songs is gonna be able to branch out to different fan bases. Fan bases that like that type of vibe, that like that type of sound, and they can mess with it. While he also didn't leave the fan base that's been loving him since the beginning, or may have just came on with for your for your eyes only. Because that's the thing that a lot of music fans don't understand. Like music fans don't get that look. Along the way, our artist is going to have to cater to everybody that listens to him because of the fact that people hear them at different points of their career. So, like, for me, as you guys know, as listeners of the show, as somebody that's a huge Drake fan, I can't expect a Drake fan that just started listening to Drake over the last few months or the last couple years to to want my same needs and wants as somebody that's been listening to Drake since comeback season or anybody else that's been listening since with him between that time. So, fans got to understand that. You got to serve everybody. And it's very special and unique when an artist can serve everybody and do so successfully. And I really thought that was great. Seriously, I just honestly thought it was great. So again, salute to J. Cole for what he was able to do with this project. Like seriously, I'll give him a round of applause. Uh, This is not overreacting. This is not some, oh my goodness, artist trying to be funny. This is real deal Holyfield. Like, the dude was able to put together a strong-ass body of work 
and he didn't really sacrifice anything. That's beautiful. Like, he didn't really sacrifice anything. I was able to get a J. Cole that I was very familiar with, along with a new J. Cole that I I could become a bigger fan of. I'm going to a J. Cole concert. Like, look me in my face. Like, I'm going to a J. Cole concert sometime in 2018 or 2019, wherever he calls the tour, I'm there. I'm in there like tight underwear. I kid you not. Like, I'm going and I can't freaking wait. So, salute to Cole, man. I'm very happy. This this album's definitely going to be on my end of the year list. And for a while, I don't really care about music reviews. I do check them out here and there just to see what's up. I'd rather go by the opinions of the people, us, the people. But I read a music review here and there. You know what's really my problem with music reviews? People spend too much time doing music reviews, especially written ones. You know what? Let me rephrase that. I hate written music reviews because music reviews, like the reaction ones that you see on YouTube, those are hilarious and to me are far better than any written music review. Because the music reviewers on YouTube, salute to them, like, uh, I'm trying to think, like, the Law Twins, the Molly Brothers, uh, Sean Lee or something, whatever his name is. No disrespect to those guys, but those dudes just get straight to the music. You know what I mean? Let's just talk music. Let's just get into the meat and potatoes of the music. Like, written music reviews are trash because you have the writers who clearly try to show off the fact that hey i'm somewhat smart i went to a very good school so let me use all of these high vocabulary words to just describe the production of a song and it's stupid it's stupid it's look i respect your intelligence i expect you investing your time to write this article but Let's not get off track here with you wanting to use all of these big-ass vocabulary words to just describe what track three was on an album. Let's just get to it. Let's just get to the stuff. What did you think? What made this song this song? Why did it make you feel this way? What should I know about this song? So that's why, like I said, I had to rephrase. I had to rephrase it. I like music reviews on YouTube. Those guys, to me, make a lot of sense. I like music reviews from fellow fans and and other like media members do like podcasts like the Joe Budden podcast or Rap Radar podcast because they just get straight to it. They get straight to it. They talk about it and they just focus on, on that. Written music reviews are super duper trash because the author once again wants to sound super duper smart and just take the conversation on the music onto some joint that takes it to a whole another level that does not relate to the music. It doesn't. So that's why I don't like them joints. But I will check out a written music review and uh, see what they've been talking about. I did mention Drake. Um, Drake did one of the very few things that anybody in history of music hasn't done, which is dethroning yourself with another number one song when you currently have a number one song at that time. So let me say it again. Drake was able to dethrone himself with a new number one song as he was already leading billboards with a number one song in the country. Nice For What, which is only a couple weeks old. It's now the number one song in the country. Um, It dethroned God's Plan, which was the number one song in the country for over 11 weeks. And that just sparked like a a cool conversation on Twitter because people was like, wow, like Drake can't miss. 
this is crazy. And then you go on Instagram and my freaking Drake and OVO, they all post pictures of them in these jackets that say Scorpio. Scorpion, pause, not Scorpio, Scorpion, June 2018. So now we know when this upcoming Drake album is dropping. It's dropping in June of 2018. We don't know the day, but we know that in June of 2018, Drizzy Drake, Albie Graham is dropping. And I haven't been as excited for a Drake project in a long time. Like, I, I think about the fact that, you know what, these last few Drake projects that's dropped, right? You think about more life, you think about if you're reading this, it's too late. Then what a time to be alive and views. Besides views, those other projects were basically surprise drops. They were basically surprise drops. If you read it, it's too late. I remember it being like a Thursday night. It was February 2015. That joint randomly dropped, and I was going crazy looking for it on my phone. Um, what a what a time to be alive was something that at the time I think fans were anticipating that Drake and Future were doing something, but uh. Again, that was a surprise drop and suddenly you see both of them post on Instagram. There was a trailer, there was the cover art, and then OVO Sound Radio plays the record. More Life, kind of a surprise, but at the same time, we were waiting for it. This is different because of the fact that Drake and OVO, similar to what they did with Views, they have been doing a full album rollout. And let me say that thus far, this has had to be Drake's most successful album rollout thus far. I mean, let's just keep it all the way 100. You think about coming back in January with God's Plan, as God's Plan was one half of a two-song EP, Scary Hours, right? So they just dropped that out of nowhere. It was I remember that, too. It was literally, what, Friday night? Freaking, again, on Instagram, past 11 o'clock, Drake goes, hey, Scary Hours dropping tonight. Be ready. Available on all streaming platforms. God's plan and diplomatic immunity. That drops. World stops. Social media talks about it. That thing was trending for a couple days at least. Suddenly, God's plan gets the buzz. Diplomatic immunity gets the buzz. And then they drop the God's plan video. Boom. That takes it number one. That video creates a lot of great conversation about Drake. Then you got the fact that, oh, by the way, before God's plan, Drake killed it on Lil Wayne's Family Feud remix. That is Jay's record, Family Feud on that from 444 that dropped last summer. Drake bodies that. So you start seeing mm, Drake is Drake is hungry. Drake is energetic. He's coming back. There's there's something coming. He's coming. So he does that. God's plan. Diplomatic community. Then let's talk about the Look Alive record. The Look Alive record with Black Boy JB. So salute to him, who who's already on a great wave and has great momentum, right? Because it's on Shoot Dance. Shoot! Shoot! Hey, shoot! That's booming like crazy. That record's like the number five record in the country. So Drake off Rip already has two records in the top five. And then Nice For What comes out. And I remember when Nice For What came out. I was just thinking like, yo, this is like a really cool record. This is dope. Like, I like it. It's going to get a buzz. It's going to be a top 10 hit because it's Drake and it sounds good. But when I saw the video, when I saw that video, I said, yo, this joint's now really about to take off because the video made the song better. 
Like, you get what I'm saying? So, it went, like, so again, speaking from my perspective, the video for Nice For What took Nice For What from being, oh, this is like a cool record that I like and I'll play a lot because I like it and it's straight to where it's like, yo, I really, really like this record. Heck, I, I, I love this record. Like, because the video was dope. Karen Evans is a super talented and beautiful director, 22 years old, I think helped with God's plan. She's super, super dope. And when you think about the video and which what it does, for one, it definitely promotes women empowerment which is very important because women deserve to be empowered. Women deserve to have their equality. Women deserve to just have control of their life. And then you think about this, the Me Too movement and all of this stuff. So that's huge that it's promoting, again, women empowerment, women being strong, women being promoted in the right light. Salute. And then you think, oh, by the way, this video has mad star power. It has. And then I feel bad for, like, missing out on any names. So... I'm just going to keep it short. You have Tracy Ellis Ross. You have Tiffany Haddish. You have just so many well-known female celebrities in it that are well-respected in what they do. And they all look beautiful. And they all are portrayed the right way. I just knew, in all seriousness, I was like, yo, this song's really about to take off. Like, for real, for real. Like, this song's really about to take off. And when I saw that it could dethrone God's plan, I, I just started laughing because I'm like, this is crazy. Like, this is really crazy. Like, it's really about to knock off God's plan, and it did. So you have Nice Forward at number one, God's plan at number two, Look Alive at number five, and they're definitely dropping another song. Like, you, you gotta drop another song. Like, yeah, the album's coming in in, uh, in June, and, you know, it is April 22nd, so you could go, well, Nice For What and God's plan, you could eat off that. But I just don't think you should do that. I, I think... You can drop another record. You could drop another record. You know, you can make it an OVO sound, radio exclusive. You could drop another single. But it goes to what I've said to start this conversation, which is this is easily Drake's most successful album rollout because even when I think about views, again, you could go, well, what about views? You know, Hotline Bling was was. A world phenomenon, literally, in 2015. Yeah, right. Hotline Bling dropped in 2015. Hotline Bling was a huge, huge phenomenon. Number two in the country. Uh, one Dance was number one, of course. I, I get that. Uh, you know, Drake also at the time had the record he did with Rihanna work. He that it was a strong rollout as well. But I don't think to this extent, bro. Like, if you trying to package work with. One Dance and Hotline Bling with whatever may have came out at that time compared to God's Plan, Diplomatic Immunity, Family Feud Remix. Actually, let me re-say that again and say it in order. Family Feud Remix, God's Plan, Diplomatic Immunity, Look Alive, and Nice For What? This, that, that, uh, that lineup that I just named, right? Family Feud Remix, God's Plan, Diplomatic Immunity, uh, look alive and nice for what bodies bodies what happened before views came out which was hotline hotline bling um freaking one dance pop style uh again summer 2015 drake beating meek uh charged up and, and back to back that that views rollout does not compare to freaking Scorpion rollout and that's why I've been saying I've been saying with the utmost confidence Drake is going to sell in the first week 1.5 million copies and let me talk to those who you know who aren't in favor of the streaming rules of today 
look, I get it. It's definitely weird that albums could be projected as gold or whatever upon release. But it's just a matter of how the game goes. People aren't going to Best Buy or any of their local stores to buy physical copies of the CD. Hey, how many people you know go to the online stores and buy the CDs? The music's being consumed through our own memberships with Apple Music, with Spotify, with Tidal, with whoever we're using. So we're, we're really purchasing and using it through that. So that's why streaming is super important and why it is what it is. And streaming to me, it's honestly more accurate of just pure sales and physical copies because we I, I'm, I'm 24 years old so you could look at me and be like oh you a young boy but I'm old enough to remember when people used to buy CDs because I used to buy CDs I grew up you know what I mean buying bootlegs or if I really had the money or well really if my parents had the money when we actually was able to buy the real copy to where it's like yo you will buy these records and unlike today, we weren't really sitting through the entire CD. Not when there was freaking CD players or you had to play in the, in the very big stereo. Like it's different now. Like you have, I have Apple Music. So I'll use Apple Music, for example. I have Apple Music. I can go to any artist project and Apple Music off rip is going to give a star to whatever song that it feels is worthy to listen to. So instead of me having to get a CD, put it in my CD player, or go to my stereo and then have to skip, skip, and skip, or and, and whatever, and listen to the whole joint, I can now go, okay, they're telling me track four, eight, and 12 are the best records. Let me hear that. Or if I'm willing, I'll listen to the whole album. I'm personally, I'm willing to listen to a whole project. That's just me. I'll do that. I have the time, I have the energy. But it just shows why, again, streaming is super, super important because it provides that extra con context to the matter, which is, look, people either going to listen to the project a lot, they either listen to your songs a lot, and it says something that if your streaming numbers are that consistent and that high every week, every day, every month, every year. And even if you go, well, hey, what if there is more emphasis placed on who buys music? It doesn't stop the fact that Drake is so freaking big that Drake was going to sell regardless. Drake is going to sell regardless. He He's Drake. Like, and, and let me give this breakdown as well. Drake's last four albums, right? So let's do Thank Me Later, Take Care, Nothing Wants the Same in Views. Albums. So again, hear me out. Album. Say it with me. Albums. Good job, you guys. When you think about a Drake album, and with not and with what you know about Drake's rollout for an album, not a surprise drop like we've seen in the, over the last three years, Drake's first week's first week sales have increased each time. Thank me later. So four hundred and forty some thousand in the first week debut number one. Uh, Take Care and Nothing Wants to Seem both sold basically between 620,000 and 690,000 in the first week respectively. Respectively, Views sells over a million in the first week with 800,000 and some change being pure copies, which means people bought them joints. 200 some thousand however was streamed. Okay, so think about that. So this, so that means this boy from Thank Me Later, which will be here, 
all the way to views has been skyrocketing like a mug. So when you think about 447,000 to over a million, that's basically up. 550 plus thousand or 600,000 increase in first week sales. So when you think about where Drake is now, right? And which Drake is arguably the biggest act in music, right? The biggest act when you think about a lot of these metrics and you think about the rollout and the, and the, and the success of these songs, what makes you think 1.5 can't be done? Heck, Drake could possibly do 2 million in the first Two million. I'll be surprised if he hits a million. Just that. If Drake with, with Scorpion just hits a million, I'll be surprised. Even though that is very, very special. To me, 1.5 is looking likely. Especially if they put out another record. Jesus Christ. I'm really expecting 1.5. I really am. So, uh, I just want to give a big salute to Drizzy Drake once again, man. Because that boy Drake, once again, shut down the world. And there's this growth along the way, and you gotta love it. You you gotta love it that this dude is continuing to just push the conversation forward with what music and everything else is supposed to be. So I really can't, I really can't wait. That's why I said before, I'm super excited, and I uh, June can't come fast enough. But even besides Drake, June can't come fast enough because Kanye is dropping. <sighs> Kanye's dropping two albums, y'all. I couldn't believe it. Side note, I want to talk about how Kanye just now has a thing for shutting down the internet. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Like, Kanye has a thing now for shutting down the internet to where it's like, yo, when Kanye speaks, we listen. And for a while, Kanye does tweet some very suspect stuff. Or when you hear about his views on things, that to me is your fault for you guys looking way too deep into Kanye and valuing anything else from Kanye besides his music. Like, let's just keep it at that, yo. Y'all look way too deep in other people and start valuing these things, and then you end up getting hurt by your heroes and all of that. You you should have only appreciated them and rock with them for what you know about them. All the other stuff you shouldn't have. Don't do it. That's why I don't do it with any of my favorites. But um, Kanye got two projects dropping in June. He has his own album, which is seven songs, which is interesting. But it's also like, you know, that's Kanye. Like, I could see that. And seeing that also makes me go, well, if if he's only doing seven songs, that means these seven have to be the most fire Fireous songs that they have to be because it's already tough for artists to pick 10, 15, 20 tracks because we know this. They release a lot of music. Not release. They record a lot of music throughout this, throughout their process of recording for a project. We, we, we know this very well. And they record it over, you know, an extensive period of time, right? At least a year. So for Kanye to go, look, I'm only going to release the album with seven songs. That's very interesting. But I think what could be more exciting than a Kanye solo project is this Kanye and Kid Cudi project, which is Kid See Ghost. That's the name of the group, right? I think it's the Kid See Ghost. And I think that's very exciting, too, because, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not the biggest Kid Cudi fan in the world. I'll be honest with you. I'm not the biggest Kid Cudi fan in the world, but I, I respect his talent a lot. I do. You know, dude's a very talented artist. And um, 
I think with Kanye and Cuddy, it's a matter of it's 2018. You guys are older. We really haven't heard a lot from you guys together with the music. So how are you guys going to sound like? Who's going to take the lead here? Who's going to step back? How often are we going to visit Cuddy's world? How often are we going to visit Kanye's world? Or is it going to be something new? Like, you just never know. But Kanye, with this music, I'm excited for it. And I found myself being more excited for it than I was maybe a few months ago. Because certain projects from Kanye are now rubbing off on me well. You know? So, like, I'll say it right now. And I'll be the first to admit. The life of Pablo is aging pretty well. Now, again, Life of Pablo is only, what, a little over two years old, right? It dropped, what, February of 2016, but listening to it recently, partly because of things that's been happening in my life, and the fact that I am a music lover, um, Life of Pablo has been aging. You think about some of those records, you think about um, No More Parties in L.A., you think about 30 Hours, you think about Low Lights, Flashlights, whatever the case may be. You hear these records and you go, God damn, these records, these records hit, bro. Like these records hit pretty hard. Whether it's in the headphones or if you hear it in a party. So you start thinking, okay, these records hit. And then if you listen to old Kanye, you know that, wow, these records still sound super good, right? Like for me, The Graduation is still my favorite Kanye album. And I will still say straight up to any and everybody the gradu- Graduation is Kanye's least appreciated album. Like, seriously. Con- uh, graduation is Kanye's least appreciated album because people don't understand the fact that Graduation really changed the culture of hip-hop. It really took hip-hop to another, to another level. It took it to a new era because Kanye at that time was going against 50 Cent. And it's something where even if you listen right now, you're going, facts, facts, okay. You gotta understand, and I'm clapping my hands, not because I want to put emphasis on my points, but because you need to understand the importance and significance of this occasion. Kanye really went against 50 when 50 was the man in rap. I tell people, when people want to talk about runs in rap, again, 50 was the undisputed number one between 03 and 07. Yes, Young Jeezy had his run. Yes, T.I. had a little run. Yes, Lil Wayne was popping off with the mixtapes. Yes, others were doing their thing. But just like in sports, a lot of people can have their run and be the best player or the hottest player during the course of the season, but it doesn't mean that at the end of the season, they're the number one, right? Or they could have been that season's MVP, but it doesn't mean they're the number one player, right? It's, again, take the NBA, right? Like I told you in the beginning of this episode, I've been watching the Cavaliers-Pacers game. By the way, it's a, it's a close game. Cavs are up by five or seven right now. It's like what I said, players in the NBA, players in the NFL or any other sport, you're going to have players who during a particular stretch or for that season could be the quote unquote best player or the hottest player. But that doesn't mean it makes them the best player overall. James Harden is more than likely to win the MVP in the NBA. It does not take away from the fact that LeBron James is still the undisputed best player in the world. And that's how I feel about rap from 03 to 07. You had Jeezy, Wayne, T.I., whoever else having MVP seasons, MVP stretches. But at the end of the day, 50 Cent was LeBron James. (laughs) All right. He was LeBron James. And Kanye West coming up, 
He was on his Giannis Antetokounmpo flow. He was on his what Russell Westbrook, whatever type of flow where he was this huge, huge star that was engulfed by people who were getting more attention that may not have been bigger than him, but they were getting more attention. So it was huge for Kanye to beat 50. Because again, 50 was that guy. 50 was getting more attention. He had sold more. And Kanye doing that, it was like, yo, we have a new a new champion, a new leader. And graduation was hard because graduation was also, when you think about the last decade, that album that was made for the purpose of, yo, I am a stadium superstar. I'm performing in stadiums. I need music that's going to hit in a stadium in front of 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people. And that's Graduation. Graduation is that first album over the last 10, 12 years in which it's like, yo, this is for stadiums. This this, this is not just for, no disrespect, this is not just for some college. Matter of fact, this is not just some joint for like Madison Square Garden, even though it hit a Madison Square Garden. This is for like the old Giant Stadium. You know what I'm saying? This is for 50, 60,000 people to go crazy. When I play Stronger, when I play I Wonder, when I play The Good Life, 50, 60,000 people are supposed to go crazy. Not just 20. That's how I feel about Graduation. Graduation is super duper tough to me. It's my favorite Kanye album. And to me, it's his least appreciated album. And damn it, like I was also saying, Kanye's music, especially the last couple albums, have been aging very well. It's been aging very well, especially the life of Pablo. So when I think about these two upcoming Kanye albums, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I can't wait. I'm going to have an open ear. And it's just always great when you have an all-time great enter the conversation again. You know, wanting to get in that ring and see what's up. Because Kanye has been quiet outside of the music and all of that good stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, man. I'm trying to think, what else is there really to talk about? Talked about Cole, talked about Drake, mentioned Cardi a little bit, got Kanye. Um, yeah, I think that's really it for now. You know, it's, uh, again, it was great talking to you guys. <laughs> it was great talking to you guys. It was great doing this episode. Again, episode 38 of the four side. Once I save all of this up and I could do some little editing here and there. I'm going to upload it tonight so you guys will be able to hear it. The video, the videos will be out, give or take a couple days. And then Wills and I will be able to get back together, hopefully this week, and record a new episode that's going to drop next week. And that will pretty much be it. But yeah, that's the episode four side. Thank you for listening. Episode 38. Make sure, once again, you follow us on Instagram at Pod, F-O-U-R, SidePod. Make sure you give us an honest review on iTunes and SoundCloud. We greatly appreciate that, man. Uh, once again, happy late birthday to my bro, Wills. Check him out. Make sure you also check out my brother, Vic Rose, from Foresight. He got some stuff cooking up. And it's going down. And of course, as the legendary Bobby Schmurter once said, besides making us feel like Tom Cruise when we sliding across the hoop de hoop, ah, ah, ah. Talk to you guys next time.